people are new, and I don't really want to spend much time today on that. You were certainly welcome to call me anytime. I'd love to give you a tour or sit down with you if you'd like at my office. Uh, but I really want today to be about uh, the testimony that Glenn will be sharing. So our Life Choices is a Christ-centered ministry, and uh, we offer pregnancy tests and ultrasounds to women. Uh, we do hope at times that men come because for the unplanned pregnancies, it's always a crisis. And uh, typically if we can get a, a man to come with a woman, uh, their choice will be better or higher for them to uh, choose life. 86% of women abort because uh, they do not have that support. So uh, men, it is very important that uh, you just, we need you in this world and we need your support. Um, We do not believe in abortion, nor do we refer for abortions, but we do talk about the choices. There are only three. There's parenting, allowing somebody else to parent through adoption, and then there's abortion. And we feel like if we give them that knowledge, uh, that they, the chances are higher that they would choose life. You know, the word says that we, are, we perish for lack of knowledge. So uh, knowledge is important. And then with the ultrasound, that is another area where it really changes the trajectory of the path that they go on. And more will choose life after seeing an ultrasound. Um, We do have a a Bible study for both men and women that are for post-abortion, those who have that past regret. And the women's is called Forgiven and Set Free. It's an amazing program. I, myself, is one of the women who went through that. It changed my life forever. And I went from having the shame that I had on me to... Um, I'm a woman of God who has a child in heaven I'll meet someday. And so the same for men. It's called Missing Arrows, and Glenn actually is the one who teaches those classes. Um, And so I want to give a little bit of an update about what COVID has has done. I think most of you know what it's done to the church. But even in the the world of uh, these pregnancy medical centers, uh, what we're dealing with now is uh, the abortion pill being sold online. It has... Uh, It was opened up just due to the fact that um, a federal judge decided to lift all the restrictions of a woman needing to see a doctor. And so um, they have access online to purchase uh, the pill like as if they're purchasing a piece of clothing. Um, President Biden continued in this vein after now that the pandemic is being lifted so that it would always be readily available for women. And um, this has just been the greatest devastation I think we've had to deal with. Uh, We're seeing less women come in during the pandemic. Uh, We saw a 1,000 less clients, which just makes me grieve something terrible. I'm sorry. Anyway, so we have abortion retailers is what we have. They lure their unsuspecting shoppers with their advertising of, It's safe. It's just like taking a Tylenol. It's convenient. You don't need to go to a doctor. You can call a caring doctor, and uh, they can help you. And there's nothing caring about leaving a woman on her own in a bathroom watching her child come out in a toilet. And so if you want to pray for this country, please pray for that, 
um, pill to be stopped. Um, it's not safe, and there are other areas that it can cause problems with physically. So what we've done is we started advertising. If, uh, if they can advertise online, so can we. It's costly, um, but it's effective, and we are now seeing a lot of women who are uh, getting online to look for the abortion pill, and we're at the top of the list. And so they call us. So we're seeing a lot of determined women. We just started this program several months ago. Um, it's a little tough on our, our, um, our advocates. They need prayer, too. But um, we're seeing lives turn around as they come in, and we're still seeing some continue to want to abort. They're still saying that because of a COVID world, they don't want to um, they don't want to raise a child in this world. So they still have that, you know, that lack of hope. Um, but we can bring that hope and we can bring that help. And we, um, we have greater opportunities to talk about Christ. We're seeing more people saved. Uh, so there's the good things on that side of COVID um, that has caused people to really think about life. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, what are your greatest needs? And really, you would think at the top of the list would be money, but it isn't. It really, truly is your prayers. They're so powerful and they're effective. And if you would just continue to pray for life and um, for life choices, because we are in a battle. It's the greatest battle. It's World War III in the spirit realm. And, um, and we all need to help uh, bring down those strongholds. So I don't want to talk any further other than I do want to introduce Glenn because I want him to come up. Um, I met Glenn Catalano at LifeBridge. Uh, they invited me to come. And uh, he showed up. He kind of stood back and waited for everybody to leave and introduced himself, pulled out his, his uh, phone, and uh, showed a picture of his grandson and said, thank you, um, because of you, I have this grandson. Um, his daughter, very brave and very courageous, uh, under, some very dure- under a lot of duress, uh, chose life. And I honor her, and she's here today, too. And, um, but, I, Glenn, I would love for you to come up and just give your testimony. And Glenn's going to give statistics about what that looks like for men of abortion. And I'll let you take the floor. And thank you so much for having us. Everybody. Oh, that's on. So you have to have a plan A and a plan B. So, um, as Kathy said, my name is Glenn Catalano, and I thank you, Kathy, for introducing me. Thank you, Pastor, for letting me speak here today. And again, happy Father's Day to everybody. So I'm a dad, too. Huh? That's my family up there. So um, I have two daughters. So my oldest, Nicole, she's 28, and right next to her is her husband, Adam. Um, The one next to me 
is my youngest. Her name is Kiara, and she uh, just graduated from high school. So we're going to kick her out soon. (laughs) And then that beautiful curly-haired lady up at the top, that's my wife of 20 years. Her name's Tess. And that little guy next to me, or right on top of me, his name's Orion, and that's my grandson. So he's my little buddy. Um, And so that's where I'd like to start my story. It's kind of in the middle, but... um, And he's nine years old now, so about nine years and nine months ago is when my then 18-year-old daughter came to me and told me she was pregnant. Um, So amazingly, God had been preparing me for this moment because uh, for about three weeks before that, I had been having these reoccurrent dreams that she would call me and she would tell me she was pregnant. So finally she called me for the reels, not in dreamland. And she said, Dad, I have something to tell you. I'm pregnant. And so uh, I think I said something like, oh, wow. She says I said, oh, boy. But uh, regardless, it was not the response that she was expecting. And I think I caught her well off guard. Um. So then, a couple days later, she called me at work, and she told me that uh, she had rounded up about half the money for an abortion, and she'd asked me if I would come up with the rest. And so I told her, honey, I will do almost anything for you, but I cannot do that. And then I told her that many years ago, I had made a horrible mistake, and uh I did not want you to go through what I went through. So she was not happy. I think I got a few choice words and a a hang-up. And, uh, of course, my work was shot. So I just went out, took a walk, and I prayed. I said, God, please send someone to her who she will listen to. And so later that night, she called me again. And it just so happened that she had talked to one of her good friends, and her friend told her that this baby is God's gift to her. And she told me that she was considering keeping the baby. Um, So flashback, when I was about 26, my girlfriend, who became my ex-wife, told me she was pregnant. Um, So we didn't know what to do. We started looking through the phone book, and uh, I found this abortion clinic, and I said, maybe we should check this out. So we checked it out, and about two weeks later, she got the abortion. So I remember that day like it was yesterday. Um, There was a warm sunny, bright spring morning, we went in, and after the procedure was done, we walked out to my car, I, I remember that it, it just seemed like it, there was a darkness that started covering everything. Even though the sun was still shining and there was not a cloud in the sky, it, everything seemed to be dark. Um, little did I know that 
that darkness was going to follow me for many, many years. Um, so what the effects were for me was, um, yeah, I mean, I lost my confidence. I was a pretty confident young man, sometimes cocky. Uh, I seemed to lose my confidence. Um, I couldn't tell anybody what I had done, okay? It seemed like my whole life from that point on was um, an attempt to keep things secret. Um, They dove into drugs and alcohol, uh, several failed and dysfunctional relationships. Um, But behind it all was this deep-seated guilt. I felt like I was alone. Well, it turns out I'm not exactly alone after all. Okay, I got some stats from from Kathy. Thank you. So uh, one overriding stat is uh, there's been over 50 million abortions since 1973. And this, uh, I think this was a few years old, so it's probably closer to 60 million, which means there was 60 million fathers out there um, who dealt with abortions. And so there's a couple studies that I want to talk about. One is from uh, this pro-life Machiana. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Um, so they did a study on about over 2,000 men, and uh, so what they found out was over 75% of the men uh, disagreed that this abortion was easy. Okay? So it was not easy. 75% of men disagreed that they had few or no lingering effects, um, which means 75% of those men had lingering effects. Almost half of the men reported having dreams or thoughts about the infant they might have fathered. Um, many men have had relationship failures and dysfunctional relationships, um, and many fall into drug and alcohol abuse. Uh, a study by the Catholic Culture they interviewed a thousand men, and what they found out was, according to these men, that abortion is like a death experience for most, and for most men, much more emotionally trying than they expected. The most common post-abortion reaction was helplessness. Um, Men who are not helped to mourn over an abortion are learning how to be even less involved as a nurturing parent in the future. And I might add, uh, maybe dysfunctional parent. Um, And the majority of relationships fail post-abortion. So I'm not alone. Turns out, uh, the effects that I had were quite common. Okay, so about four years later, my girlfriend who became my wife called me and she told me uh, that she was pregnant. Okay, and then the next thing out of her mouth was a question, and her question was, "Can we keep this one?" Uh, that was. Uh, crushing to my heart. Uh, Turns out, in September of 1992, my oldest daughter was born. 
So I remember in the hospital after she was born, she was sleeping, and I remember I was just looking at her, okay, staring at her and thinking, um, I got to protect her. So as long as I can remember, I I long to be a dad. Um, but I had this secret, and I still had this darkness. So about a year later, uh, my then-wife left me, and I became a single parent. Um, I took care of her most of the time. So I learned a lot about uh, girls during that time. learned how to play with dolls. Uh, I learned how to talk with teachers. I learned how to get her to do her homework. Um, and I learned how to do really good braids. In fact, I even invented my own style. <laughs> so I was a single dad for about seven years. Um, and during that time, uh, um, you know, the, my overriding just theme of my parenting was I've got to protect this one. Okay, and so what happened was I became a, a overprotective and enabling parent. Okay, which was that's dysfunctional. And she was basically my whole life. My whole life was wrapped around being a dad. Um, so I was a single dad for seven years, and then. In, um, when my daughter was eight years old, I got married to my beautiful and very godly wife. Um, however, that darkness, you know, that guilt and my sneakiness, okay, and my dysfunctional parenting style, uh, it quickly caused problems in our marriage. Okay. Um, this went on for several years. Okay. Um, I know my wife prayed for me a lot. Um, but our marriage and, uh, was quite rocky, and my relationship with my oldest daughter, Nicole, was becoming quite rocky. Okay? Um, and I spent most of my time in the darkness. Okay? I think the, uh, the theme of my life up to that point was God would give me glimmers of light. Okay? And I would follow that light. And um, God would call me, and I would just—I'd run away. It's like, how could God? How could God do anything in my life after what I'd done? So, yeah, I spent a lot of time running. And then my relationship with my wife and my daughter kept getting worse and worse and worse, and finally just hit rock bottom. Um, and. Uh, my daughter said she was leaving because I was a nothing but a fake and a phony, which I was. Um, my relationship with my wife was at rock bottom, okay? And it was at that time that I was in church with my wife, and uh, there was some song on, and I just, tears came down, down my face, and I just remember saying, all right, God, I surrender, okay? I've made a mess of my life. Everything I did in my life turned to dust. Everything I cared about just 
tell me what to do, and I'll follow you. So my life from that point on was different. Okay? My relationship with my wife changed. My relationship with my daughter changed. It was still had a lot of rockiness in there, okay? But she noticed there was a difference in me. And then it was about a year after that that she told me she was pregnant, okay? And again, I thank God because he had prepared me, okay? And uh, she called me and she asked me if I would go with her uh, to visit Life Choices, okay? And I said, gladly. Okay, and we talked to this lady, and uh, this lady was so nice and kind, and she told us the truth about abortion, and she, she gave us alternatives that would let my grandson live. Okay, and after that, um, my daughter decided she was going to keep the baby, and she decided she wanted to parent the baby. Um, so that made me quite happy. Um, But I still had this secret that I couldn't tell anybody. Okay? It, God was shining a light in my life, but there was still this darkness. There was still this dark area. Okay? And I remember one morning we were listening to the Focus on the Family broadcast while we were getting ready for work, and there was this woman on who had been through an abortion. And as she was talking, it just this overwhelming sense of sorrow came over me, okay? And my wife noticed. She said, what's wrong? So I took a deep breath, and then I told her. I told her about my abortion, and I let my secret out. And uh, my beautiful wife, godly wife, she wrapped her arms around me, and she gave me a hug. And so uh, I fell apart in her arms. But my secret was out. Um, so it was about maybe four years later that I met Kathy, okay, and she told me the story about how I saw her, okay, and I told her that uh, my little buddy was alive largely because of life choices, okay, and so after we finished our little emotional outburst, <laughs> um, we got to talking, and I told her about my abortion, okay, and I asked her, you know, I know that it's mostly just, a, you know, uh, women come into life choices. And I said, do you have any need for a man? You know, was there anything that I could do to help? And so she told me that, yeah, it just so happens that uh, they were seeing more young men coming in with their girlfriends, okay, and uh, she could see a need there. So we agreed that uh, I would get back with her, and we'd talk more. So, well, I didn't get back with her. <laughs> um, I don't know if that was me or if that's just a guy thing, but I didn't get back with her. But she was back at our church several months later. Okay, she's quite persistent. <laughs> um so I saw her, and, uh, you know, we talked again, and that was then that she talked about uh, that I should see this man named Warren Williams, who had this uh, post-abortion study called uh, Missing Arrows. So I agreed that I'd get a hold of him, and guess what? This time I got a hold of him, 
And uh, I went through that study, which was an awesome study, by the way. Um, it really helped me out, uh, helped me, helped me really heal, and helped me come to, come to terms with, you know, what I had done, and it gave me, it really gave me true healing. Um, so now, that that darkness that had followed me for so many years was lifted. Okay, my secret was out. I, I no longer have to keep my secret. And I feel the sense of freedom. Okay, I remember this guy at a men's retreat one time, and he, uh, he said that you're only as sick as your secrets. So, uh, you know, I guess I didn't realize how true that was until, until that point. Um, one of the things that uh, really struck out to me in this Missing Arrow study from Warren Williams uh, was this concept of the ministry of reconciliation. Um, Paul describes this in 2 Corinthians verse 5, uh, starting at verse, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 17. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. So I'm here today to tell you that God has reconciled me. Um, He's taken my shame away and he's taken my guilt away. He's reconciled me, and then he sent me out to be part of that ministry of reconciliation. Um, He's taken my pain away. I still have scars. Okay, I still have issues. Trust me, if you don't believe me, you can ask my wife. Um, But now I can show my scars. Okay? I can show them to people, and I can use them to reach out and to help people, okay? And there might be some men here who have direct experience with abortion or know somebody who has. I I just want you to know that I'm available, okay? Um, I don't want anybody to go through what I went through for those many, many years. Um. I'll be here for a while after the service. You can get a hold of me through Kathy at Life Choices. Um, So that's my story. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. And happy Father's Day, everybody.
Thanks, Glenn, for having the courage to share your story with us. And I think this is, we gained some insight today that we may not have had previously. Uh, We just don't really understand the ripple effect that abortion has, not just on women, but on the men involved in their lives as well. So we appreciate uh, your courage in sharing that with us. And beautiful family, by the way. I saw the picture when I walked in today, and it's like, wow, that is a great-looking family. So appreciate you. And we appreciate your family being here with us today as well. Yeah. Um, Just quickly, many of you uh, have brought baby bottles, and I think uh, Bernice or whoever, uh, she'll take those today. I don't see Bernice, but wherever those are, we've got them collected somewhere. Uh, Kathy will take those today. But uh, if you didn't have an opportunity to do a baby bottle or if you'd just like to give in addition to that in support of life choices, uh, it's a war. It's a war. And um, they're engaging in that war, and they're using the tools available to them, and they're advertising just like the other side does. Uh, We not only want to support what they're doing locally, but their efforts to advertise and anything else that they do to save the lives of the unborn and minister to the men and women who come through their doors. So, if again, if our ushers who will be serving us would go ahead and come forward at this time. We appreciate your help. They're looking around and saying, who was supposed to do this? Yes, ma'am. Sure. All right. Uh, go ahead and come forward if you would. And um, we'll have a word of prayer and receive this. If you, uh, any, any cash that goes in uh, goes to Life Choices, certainly. But if you write a check, make it out to the church if you would. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll send one check to Life Choices, all right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the testimony we have heard today. And thank you for your reconciling work. And that when we have been reconciled, you have then given us the ministry of reconciliation and for the way Glenn is involved in that process. For your healing, redemptive work in his life and for the lives that were saved. We thank you. And Father, this is such an important ministry and there is such a battle going on physically and spiritually. And so, Father, we want to support life choices 
for the ministry that they are engaged in. Well, they are definitely on the front lines of this. And we pray that you'll bless Kathy and her team as they continue to introduce people to Jesus and to give them the hope that Jesus Christ brings into the saved lives of the unborn. May what we give today be a part of that ministry and an encouragement to them. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.